Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, where we bring a half-boiled hot dog mindset to the personal chef-fed podium of Formula One racing. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, my favorite auto journalists and authors, Elizabeth Blackstock. Good morning. And Alanis King. Hi. Speaking of hot dogs, uh, we went on a shoot last Thursday and Friday. We were with this like really expensive RV. And as a control test, Justin and I were in low truck and we cooked our own dinner on like a, you know, Coleman stove and we made, we made chili mac, uh, just Hormel chili and Kraft macaroni and cheese together. That sounds like it slaps. I'm not going to lie. It's honestly so good. I was like, where was this when I was 20? That's incredible. So now I'm hungry. Guys, how we doing? I watched a lot of racing yesterday. I watched Formula One, and then I watched IndyCar, and then I watched NASCAR, and there was just a lot going on. Yes, IndyCar over there in, De- in Detroit on a new street course. Uh, I watched like three quarters of it and then kind of honestly got a little bored and then went <laughs> to a DVD store. <laughs> but the last part of it was the really interesting part, Nolan. Why did you go to a DVD store? Well, because I got a new TV and I want to get some 4K Blu-rays. Uh, oh. So I ended up picking up Terminator 2. Oh, Terminator yes. 2 is the really good one. Yes, it is. Anyway, but yeah, I, you know, I think I just need to watch more IndyCar because I was like, I realized I was like, I don't really know who any of these people are, to be honest. 
I don't really. So as a result, we I didn't really to care. Cheer for. I know. Respectfully, but- none of the people we said to cheer for were doing very good. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, Elizabeth. Who ended up winning that race? Alex Pillow. Great job, Alex Pillow. But you know what? This is a Formula One show. And there was a Formula One race yesterday. So let's talk about that. In today's episode, we're talking about the Spanish Grand Prix. That's right. Let's start with qualifying. A lot happened that really mixed up the starting grid for the Grand Prix. It was pretty exciting. A top 10 that we didn't really see coming. So in qualifying... Session number one, Valtteri Bottas, Yuki Tsunoda, Nick DeVries, and Alex Albon all spun, putting them in the elimination zone. It had rained just before the session started, so the track was still a little bit damp at that point. So it was kind of fun to watch everyone going out there like you could kind of go fast, but you couldn't exactly go as fast as normal. A lot of red flags came out because so much gravel was dragged back onto the track by the various drivers who went off. Uh, and 11 drivers hadn't even put up a lap on the board. Fernando Alonso's car sustained some damage to the floor from the gravel, which, uh, you know, over the course of the qualifying day, uh, his team had to contend with that, making some repairs with what I assume was gorilla tape. Had to be. Pierre Gasly got in trouble for impeding Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz. Alonso even chimed in on the radio that Gasly impeded Verstappen. It was that egregious. Apparently... Pierre asked if the Red Bull behind was on a lap over the radio, but the team didn't reply. So he assumed that it was not a hot lap, even though I probably, if I was a racing driver, I'd probably just assume everyone's on a hot lap. If I'm on a cool down lap, innocent, he asked if I'm Pierre Gasly, I'm going to move over for Red Bull. Yeah. If I'm Pierre Gasly and Red Bull treated me the way they treated him, I am impeding. Fair. So, eliminated in Q1 was Valtteri Bottas, Kevin Magnussen, Alex Albon, Logan Sargent, and one Charles Leclerc. It was the first time Leclerc didn't make it beyond Q1 since the 2019 Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, That's four years ago. But it wasn't like a big implosion. Yeah. Well, according to Charles, there was something off about his car, quote, a very, very weird uh, feeling and behavior. After investigating, Ferrari made changes to his suspension and gave him a new energy store, control electronics, and gearbox case and cassette. Good Lord, that's a lot of stuff. That's and like as a result, what Nolan was shopping for this weekend. Yeah. Cassettes and DVDs. Hey. <laughs> I'm not into cassettes, okay? I'm not like one oh, of those guys. Oh, I am. As a result, Charles had to start from the pit lane, but he didn't lose a place. P20 was Logan Sargent, who also started in the pit lane due to Williams changing up his suspension and making alterations to his brake cooling. You can't do that stuff after qualifying uh, due to Park Farme rules, uh, and that's what happens when you do. So, got penalized. I thought it'd be really funny if it was this weekend that the FIA decided to try reverse grids. Yes. Um, That would be amazing. (laughs) That'd be the funniest thing ever. So here's my suggestion. I think the FIA should instate Lamar starts, but only for Max Verstappen. (laughs) And someone responded and said that would be dangerous because he would be starting at the front of the grid and everybody else would be driving and he would be running across the track. And I was like, well, for safety reasons, he would have to start at the back of the grid. Mm -hmm. And then he has to do a Lamar start and hop in the car and go. And he would still win. Yeah. But it would be interesting. It would be interesting, at least. Uh, <laughs> qualifying two. George Russell was struggling with his tires, and Checo Perez had issues and went off through the gravel. Uh, a big misstep from Checo. 
Lewis Hamilton was closing in on George Russell during the main straight, but Russell moved to seemingly go around a Ferrari and they made contact. Hamilton lost his front wing end plate and Russell apologized to Lewis Hamilton. Very strange moment from the Mercedes teammates. It actually made me yelp on my couch <laughs> when I saw it. I was like, ah! Uh, I thought something bad was going to happen. Luckily, it was just a little wing thing. In that session, Checo Perez, George Russell, Zhou Guan Yu, Nick DeVries, and Yuki Tsunoda were eliminated from contention, which brings us to qualifying three, where the money really gets made. Ooh. Ooh, this here we is go. this is for all the marbles. You got to give it the beans. So Max Verstappen grabbed pole position with signs in P2, and Lando Norris in P3 in an unbelievable lap that neither Lando Norris nor Max Verstappen could believe when the cars came into pit lane. Max Verstappen had a bit of a a double take getting out of his car and making sure that it was a McLaren next to him, not something he's used to seeing. Pierre Gasly in P4, another great result for the Frenchman, but he had to go see the stewards uh, for impeding Max Verstappen, which dropped him down the order just a little bit. Another surprising news, this is like upside down bizarro world over here because Lance Stroll out-qualified Fernando Alonso on his home turf, disappointing the Spanish crowd, but Lance Stroll, you know, uh, in his Canadian Older brother from a Disney original <laughs> movie ways. You know, he's still charming, still humble in victory over his his veteran teammate. Yeah, so we have a quote from Lando Norris from his surprise P3 outing. I'm surprised to be here, but an amazing job. P3, almost P2. A home race for Carlos Sainz, so I thought I'd give him a tenth. I'm very, very happy. Difficult qualifying, but always in these tricky ones, we seem to do well. I think this really sets the tone for the weekend for Lando. I, I believe in him. Don't y'all? Yeah, I was very hopeful. Uh, it was a funny jab or joke. It was just a joke. It wasn't even like him and Carlos are like best buds. Uh, but the Spanish crowd did not laugh at all. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, but I would have laughed. I think that was pretty funny. He didn't beat Carlos, so it's still you can. It's Listen, a joke his, you can laugh at. His stage presence is maybe suffering a little bit. He it hasn't so, been in the top three in a while, yeah, so maybe he funny. just didn't deliver it right. Yeah, maybe. Unfortunately, uh, even though he crossed the line in fourth position, Pierre Gasly was handed two three-place grid drops for impeding both Verstappen and Carlos Sainz, putting the Frenchman in P10 for the start of the race. You know, in qualifying one, Signs implied that his lap was ruined when Gas impeded him. And in Q2, Gasly, again, thought Verstappen was on a slow lap and impeded him. More bad luck for the Frenchman, but as we'll see, he turns lemons into slightly less bitter lemonade. You know what's so funny to me is every time I see penalties or complaints about people impeding each other during qualifying. And Elizabeth, was it Jensen Button when he came over to NASCAR earlier this year was yeah. like, People don't move out of the way. Yeah. They like, could not believe that, like, you had to work your way around traffic to be fast. <laughs> like, no one just pulls over for you here in America. You actually have to try. No, we're very rude. And in Formula One, you have to pull over or you will get penalties. Like, get out of the way. I think we need to, like, continue the American Highway Simulator for all racing series where, like, you just have to find your way around. It's too bad if someone is in the left lane going 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. You just got to figure it out. Was Crazy Taxi a uniquely American game? I don't even know what that is. 
So Crazy Taxi was a game where you're in the taxi and there are a bunch of cars. You're on a three lane road and there are a bunch of cars and sometimes they're in one lane, sometimes they're in all of the lanes and you have to jump over them and the cars keep getting spaced out like less and less far apart as you go through the levels of Crazy Taxi. And if you hit one of the cars, you lose the game. And I think people just need to play more Crazy Taxi because they would know that people are not just going to get out of your way. You have to jump over them. Logan Sargent has definitely played Crazy Taxi. Uh, oh, man, you, I know I, he has. I thought, you know, the surprise kind of la- the surprise of having Lando in third. Uh, pretty good qualifying session to watch. I had a good time from my I had couch. A good time. I shouldn't have been surprised by Charles Leclerc getting knocked out almost immediately because at this point it's it's not really a thing anymore. It's not really a shock, but I think I was still surprised that it could be such a bad time that Ferrari could assemble such a horrifying machine. Like <laughs> I have some thoughts on Charles Leclerc, but we'll get to that near the end of the episode, so stay tuned. What's wild about Charles's season is that, you know, when they recorded the F1 intro for this year and he did his like sad little wall stand where he was leaning <laughs> against the wall and looking at the ground, like that became a perfect meme for every time something goes wrong with Charles. But on Saturday morning, when this qualifying session happened, I was like, I've used this meme too many times. I use it every <laughs> single weekend. So I had to find a new one. Because I had to diversify my lineup. I went to your Twitter account looking for that photo, and you hadn't tweeted it. And I was like, what? All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the, uh, the race here. The big story of the race was Lando Norris. His qualifying was great. It looked like he was probably, like, McLaren might actually be good again, thanks to his P3 starting position. And then something crazy happened. The race started. Um... <laughs> Lewis Hamilton got ahead of Lando cleanly through the first corner. And then when Lando was trying to get his place back, he ran into Lewis Hamilton's left rear. So, shocker, he immediately had to pit for a new front wing. It was a slow stop at about 17.6 seconds, thanks to an issue jacking the car up. So we were just like, we squandered immediately. It was squandered. We didn't even get like a couple of laps. Not even one. Not it even was one over. full lap. Not even one sector. Not even- <laughs> it was over so fast. Yeah, it was uh, pretty heartbreaking, actually, because you just know he was like thinking about it all like jazz with himself. Like, is this the moment? Is this the time I get to fight Lewis? This is going to be great. And then pfft, immediately out. You win some, you lose some. And unfortunately, Lando kept losing. Uh, he never recovered. He tried to <laughs> <laughs> he tried to battle it out and he kind of made up some places from the very back of the grid, but by lap 38, Max Verstappen was popping around to lap him. You know, these are kind of the moments that make or break a driver, or any athlete, really, when you have just a moment taken away from you, a chance taken away from you, maybe by your own mistake, too. Um, You know, this could either really (laughs) hurt his confidence. Um, This is going to be one of those things he's going to be thinking about over the break when the season ends in a couple months. Or a few months now, if he if he harnesses it correctly, it will make him a better driver. It's like he's had a couple of these moments so far, like his near win in Sochi a few years ago, oh, when the rain came out and he didn't switch tires and spun out. He was gonna he was gonna win that race had he switched. Um, 
you know, I hope that Lando does get a competitive ride in the next two or three years. The time is running out because Lando's got the juice. He's got he's, it. He's one of the, he's one of your boys. He's one of the guys. He's one of my guys. He's got the juice. He can he could do very well. I think he's in his uh, he's in his learning era right now. I was gonna say it feels like I, th- I think he's beyond his learning era, and I think he's in his like uh, I need to do something spectacular era. Like I need to do something to like prove to people that I still exist. Like he's he's done. He's proved that he's a good driver, and he's proved that he has skill. But like that move on Lewis was just kind of stupid. Like I think he was just like desperate. Well, yeah, it wasn't necessarily his fault either because uh, Carlos Sainz kind of checked up in that turn, slowed down. Lewis then checked up, and then Lando didn't have time to react, and that's why he, he bonked into the back of Lewis. So, I don't know. Keep your head up, kid. That's what I say. That I'm extending encouragement to Lando Norris. Good vibes in his time of, I'm sure, immense disappointment right now. You got, Let's get over it. Let's focus on the next race, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, he, he finished 17th. His teammate, Oscar Piastri, didn't do very well either. Piastri started 9th and ended up P13. There is a B-spec car on the horizon, but the chances are that they'll have two more races with this current one before they get those upgrades. So we're just going to have to sit and twiddle our thumbs and hope and pray that Canada is better. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This race was very much, the first lap was kind of a two roads diverged in a yellow wood kind of situation for Lewis and Lando. Lando goes down the road that goes straight to pit lane and to the bottom of the running order. Mm -hmm. Lewis goes down the road to the podium. And we had two Mercedes on the podium for the first time this year. You know, we hinted last week that... uh you know, Lewis's pace in Monaco might be a hint of what's to come. And it looks like in Spain, of all places, a place with a lot of high-speed corners and long straights, that the Mercedes, they're kind of picking it back up. They're clawing their way back. With this performance, Mercedes is now second in the Constructors' Championship, taking that spot away from Fernando Alonso's Aston Martin. <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> he's taking car- the spot away from Fernando. I mean, he's been, carry- so he's been, he's been carrying the team this season yes. so far. Okay, how many points does he have compared to Lance? Because I need to Elizabeth, know. are you enjoying your foray into Lance Stroll fandom? Honestly, uh, I'm having a great time. So Fernando has 99 points and Lance has 35. Okay, so like it's fine. Like that's pretty equal. 
It's um, better than zero. <laughs> sure. On a scale of one to a million, yeah, it's pretty close. Lando has 12 points. Let's see. Nick DeVries has zero. Logan Sargent has zero. I mean, it's better than some people, for sure. 30, 35 to 99 is not a big gap. Uh, he can make that up. And there's so many races left in the season. We haven't even hit double digits yet. He's got his home race coming up. He's going to be powered. I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of Lance Stroll, he started P5. He outqualified Fernando Alonso, who started P8. And Stroll passed Lewis Hamilton on the first lap. We once again saw those beautiful moments where Fernando Alonso was playing the nice guy teammate card uh, toward the end of the race at lap 60. He said over the radio that he wouldn't try to pass his teammate, and he probably honestly could have. Uh, He said, quote, tell Lance not to worry. I just want to build the gap for the cars behind in case of rain or anything. What a gentleman. What a fella. What a guy. And it sadly did not rain. No. I was waiting and I was praying but instead of our uh, instead of Aston Martin up on the podium today, we had Mercedes. We did. And you know what? We did not talk about this last week because it wasn't a super big deal going into Monaco. So before Monaco, Mercedes made a bunch of upgrades to their cars. We couldn't really see how that worked at Monaco, so it didn't really matter because Monaco, you qualify and then you run the parade and then it's over. You finish where you qualify. So this was the race where we could actually see if these upgrades mattered, and it looks like they might have. So the changes included new front suspension, new side pods, and a new floor. The new front suspension is partially to help improve driver's feeling in the car, and the new side pods, they're a longer story and also a very interesting move. So basically, the side pods are the girth on the car. When you look at a Formula One car, the sides go out, and they're really those little humps that stick out from the sides of the car. Mercedes was like, "Mm, nah, we're going to slim those down and it's going to work. And this was called the zero side pods concept. They've been doing that for a while now. And they've also been kind of bad for a while now. (laughs) So it was time to walk back on that. So this new side pod design is actually a walk back of those slimmer side pods. And it's closer to what the rest of the teams on the grid are running Basically, Mercedes just kind of gave up. They definitely tried. They stuck it out for quite a while, and they made an effort to make that thing work. For and too long. For far too long. Yeah, I was going to say, about, about halfway long. through last year, perhaps they should have realized that it was a bad idea, but they, they were committed. I respect the commitment, but thank God you've decided to bring it back, Mercedes. Thank you. So as we discussed, Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton, they had some contact on the first lap, but that didn't really impact Lewis Hamilton's drive. Around lap 21, George Russell, he's on the radio talking strategy like he always does. Mm -hmm. He's like, do you not think one stop is possible? I think we should stay out. The tires are good. The team doesn't say it's possible, but also who wants to broadcast moves that clearly over the radio? Like you got to use some code words. You can't just like, talk out loud, right? By lap 22, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton are P2 and P3. This is really exciting. They stayed there until the end, despite some pit stops where their positions fluctuated a bit. Russell and Perez, for example, had a great race against the clock at the end. Lap 32, we have arguably the funniest moment during the race, which was when George Russell mistook his own sweat for rain. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited when this happened because 
George Russell comes on the radio and he's like, raining in turn five, raining in turn five. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> here we go. It's time. Because, you know, if it's only raining in one corner of the track, then you have to debate, okay, well, I guess I got to stay on slicks. But also, if I get in this corner and it's raining, it's going to be really slippery. But I guess George was only like thinking about what was going on in his own helmet because it turned out this was not rain. This was his own sweat. So a couple laps after he originally reported rain, he goes, is anyone else reporting rain? I think it's sweat from the inside of my helmet. And his team goes, sounds like it's just you. I suspect it might be the sweat. And this was just like the funniest thing and also like so weird, but also so, so George Russell. That man was juicy. Like, (laughs) ew. Yeah, he was juicy. Ew. (laughs) How sweaty do you gotta be to think it's rain? Like I've I don't I've been sweaty. I've been real sweaty, but I've never <laughs> been that sweaty. I've been real sweaty. <laughs> I I live in Texas. <laughs> okay, but I'm also trying to figure out like maybe he has sweat on his eyelashes or something. But if his visor is down, then like there's not rain coming through his visor. Like his well, visor yeah, has mean, to be fully up. Brundle he- mentioned it in the uh, in the broadcast. He's like, yeah, I remember. When we had those carbon ceramic brakes, they're so powerful, a, a sweat from my brow would hit the visor. So it's like, okay, that's... Oh, yeah. it would hit the... Okay, it would hit the visor. So like you're braking and then yeah. all of the stuff is motion, like moving forward. And sweat from your brow. Yeah. And some sweat off. from your brow just like okay. catapults yeah, forward. Exactly. Yeah. This is so disgusting, honestly. <laughs> this is so Look, gross. man's going to sweat. We sweat, all right? It's It's natural. It's fine. I will not be shamed for uh, a natural thing that happens, totally normal thing that happens. And you know what? I'm glad that that Britain's stepdad, George Russell, also sweats, okay? Rich stepdad. I'm glad that a posh guy like him also sweats enough that sweat would fly off his hardworking brow into his visor, okay? I will not be shamed. I'm still trying to figure out, Nolan, even if you won't be shamed for sweating, the sweat is on the inside of your visor. Yeah. Like, it doesn't rain inside the visor. Like, is it getting foggy? What's going on? It just, like, it looks like a little rain droplet. And, you know, he's going 200 miles an hour. He doesn't have time to do the math, do the mental math on the uh But he has sweat. time to do politics on the radio. Well, that's true. There's always time for that, though. I love him so much because he is able, like sir focus on the race at some point like you don't have to do nine jobs you don't have no. to be your own strategist you don't have to be a weatherman the weather person yeah you can probably just race the car and i think you'd be all right but yes. he oh, i I, I, I wish i need to turn into his radio for the whole race like i need to know how much this is like if he's just chatting it up the whole time well, yes, yeah, so he's also the resident comedian. So a few laps later, he passes Carlos Sainz and his race engineer says, solid work. And he goes, just solid? Like, what is going on with this guy? Yeah, you, well, you should have lauded him in praise. Come on. It was a good move. So the end of the race was super exciting. Basically, Checo was gaining on George and it wasn't totally clear who would end up on the podium with three laps left. The gap was only 4.5 seconds. You know, he was, he was moving in. He almost got it. It was close, but George and Lewis ended up on the podium. Russell went from P12 to P3, like with rain, sweat, whatever in his eyes. It was, it was solid work. 
It was really mm-hmm. impressive. Like it, I had to like make sure we actually were at the end of the race and not like at the beginning of a pit cycle just to make sure like we were we were actually seeing a Mercedes podium. It was surprising, which is weird to say after so long of watching only Mercedes dominate. Mm-hmm. It's very weird to go, oh, wow, Mercedes on the podium? How wild. Weird. What a concept. Two of them, no less. Two of them. Yeah. For George to go from 12th to 3rd, I feel like a few months ago, that would have been like a P12 to P6 and been like, wow, what a strong run from him. But onto the podium is great. Good for him. Show some good growth over there at Mercedes. Now they just need to uh, kind of make the car five times better to even fight Red Bull. So the, the the work is still ahead of them. I mean, they did make quite a big jump. Yeah. Maybe it's possible next year. I think the thing is not improving the car. The thing is locking Max Verstappen in a bathroom in a <laughs> random country yes. and never letting him get out. And yes. then no one can find him. And then he just doesn't come back to the grid. That is the only hope. It's not the car. We're going to get our best best minds on it. Yes, we are. Us. <laughs> the Donut Us. Racing Show. We are the best minds. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Max Verstappen and his dominance, Max had a wonderful drive yesterday, uh, as we've been seeing all season. And this race, he won by 24 whole seconds. He could Ooh. make an extra pit stop if he wanted to. You know, honestly, when someone is that dominant, it's hard to comment on with stuff that people haven't already heard before. But I bet we would have said the same thing, uh, you know, a couple seasons ago if Lewis had won. Even with his dominance, he had a brush with a little self-sabotage, okay? Uh, During this race, Max got a black and white flag at lap 60 for not staying within track limits. And by the sound of some radio messages, his team was a little frustrated with this. Uh, Team principal Christian Horner even mentioned in his typical congrats, Max, you're the eldest boy uh, post-race message. Yeah, even though we weren't always in the white lines, you did it. Great job. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very passive-aggressive. And he was super passive-aggressive during the race. He was like, try to stay within the lines. Try to stay within the lines. And what was ridiculous is we are a few laps from the end of this race. Max Verstappen is 20 seconds up on yeah. second place. He's good. And he's getting track limits violations yeah well he wants to just see how much faster he can go like he was specifically asking his team what was my lap time and they were like max stay within the lines yeah he wants <laughs> that fastest lap point i want to sure. be speedy yes i don't think max verstappen will do this because max verstappen is only concerned with being the best and being better than everyone all the time but this gave me the idea that it would be really funny if he just got as many penalties as possible Once Mm. he's like 20 seconds up on the field. Yeah, mix it up, do some behavior, see how many penalties you can get, and go for it. I think that's genius. Like, we already know he's good enough to build up a pretty significant gap. So just see how many, like, five and 10 second penalties you can get. Like, I don't know, speeding in the pit lane, do something like that. (laughs) Just floor it out of the pit lane. Two of the things that my household references all the time. They're both NASCAR things, Um, but one of them is in 2010, I think, Kyle Busch got penalized, and he flipped off a NASCAR official while on pit road, and then he got penalized again 
they came in and they held him for like two laps or something. And his crew chief comes over the radio and goes, Kyle, we work too damn hard for this. And so my husband and I will yell that at each other randomly. (laughs) I think that would be really funny if Max Verstappen just did like some bad behavior and got held in his pit box for a little while. And then went back out and still won. Like, he would, I mean, why he still not? would. Yeah, with this car, there's without a doubt, he would still win. You also have to think, like, it's a hilarious publicity stunt. Like, you watch racing movies where there's this main character who's really, really good and wins everything, and they do stupid stuff. They, like, cross the line backwards. They do whatever they want. Max Verstappen can do that, and I think he should. He's in a place to do it. It would cement him as an all-time legend for sure. He would be a legend. Yeah. I'm telling you, Max, you got to do this. Stop being normal. It would give us a crucial piece of personality that I think he is lacking in the public eye. On the other side of the Red Bull garage, <laughs> we had a bit of a different result. And this brings us to our newest segment, Checking In with Checo. The Mexican driver had a great drive from P11 to P4 on lap 28. Checo pits from P2 and does a two-second pit stop. It was super fast. Those Red Bull guys are dialed in and returns to the track in P9. Three laps later, Checo passes Fernando Alonso with DRS. The car, I mean, he had, the Aston Martin had such a big lead on him, but then that Red Bull so dang fast and made it look easy. Uh, on lap 62, you know, with George within striking distance, Red Bull tells him to go all out to get that podium position. Unfortunately for Checo, he is unsuccessful, but honestly, a little disappointed with Checo's performance this weekend. I feel like if Max started from the same position, he would win. No problem. He's got the same car. That being said, the car was developed with Max's driving style in mind, but uh, I don't know. We're, we're seeing the... I, I mean, it's over. It's over, right? <laughs> it's totally it's over. over. It's totally over. The only thing that could make it slightly more entertaining is at least locking the max the in that bathroom is locking max in the bathroom and then max actually getting a track limits penalty and christian horner coming over the radio and going we work too damn hard for this max <laughs> <laughs> okay obviously we've the championship is pretty much settled in max's favor at this point unless he does something egregiously stupid but I do want to note that the rest of the field is actually like still pretty fun. Like mm-hmm. oh, we're definitely. seeing significant jumps from teams like Aston Martin that we weren't expecting. We saw Mercedes like actually do something normal and good for once this year and they it paid <laughs> off. Like there's I'm excited to see how that goes. I think we could probably honestly just give Max the championship trophy right now and just be like, you can stay home. Well, I saw a a wonderful post, I think, on Formula Dank this morning, where instead of a post, like, it's just, you, we have one tall, like, column for Max to stand on, and then a podium for two, three, and four. Oh, my God. No, that's funny. Yeah. Here's a psychological question. Do we think Mercedes has stuck with their guns for too long because they were so good for so long. Like the side pod thing obviously was not working, right? Like it was not working. They should have gone back on it a long, long time ago, but they kept with it. They were like, we've got this. We're sticking with it. Do you think that attitude comes from them being so good for so long and being able to make these changes and seeing positive results from them? I think that's part of it. 
But there's something we always have to keep in mind when discussing Mercedes and their troubles recently is the uh, pretty significant amount of brain drain we've seen from the organization the past two seasons. Some pretty significant engineering uh, team members left for Red Bull and other teams. Uh, so that knowledge base that helped them be so dominant is now spread out across the Formula One grid. We always got to keep that at the forefront. That's just what's going to happen when you lose a lot of brilliant engineers. And I'm also wondering how much the cost cap has come into play because back in the day, if Mercedes was having a bad time, they could just engineer their way out of it. At this point, like you can't do that anymore because you will get fined at the end of the year if you spend too much money, which is like it's it's just interesting to see how the entire mindset has had to change to accommodate this stuff. Like whether it is the engineers leaving or if it's the fact that you can only spend so you know so much money, not like. 200,000, 200 million dollars more than everyone else on the grid. They just need to miscalculate some catering. <laughs> to sum it all up, the podium was Red Bull's Max Verstappen, followed by Mercedes's Lewis Hamilton and our sweaty, sweaty boy, George Russell. Then we had Sergio Perez in P4, followed by Carlos Sainz, Lance Stroll, and Fernando Alonso in P7. Then came Stebby Ocon. Joe Guan Yu, and Pierre Gasly with the final points. Great race worth- from... Uh, from- Joe Guan Yu. Yeah, it was a good race from him. I love to see him get points. It's also worth mentioning that Yuki Sonoda crossed the line in P9, but he had a five-second penalty for, I think, forcing someone off the track. Yeah, some BS, man. Yuki, that put him in 12th. Yeah. (sighs) The fastest lap of the day went to Max Verstappen. He got his third-ever Grand Slam, which is pole position, race win, and fastest lap. Driver of the day went to Lewis Hamilton, and we've got big breaking news now. Mercedes is second in the Constructors' Championship. It's only by 18 points, which is very minor, but that's progress. We're moving forward. That's great. As promised, I have a a take. Not a hot take. Like a Taco Bell mild sauce take Well, (laughs) about Ferrari, okay? And And it is this. Charles Leclerc is no longer the number one driver. Like the one year, uh, the number most. one driver at Ferrari. It was pretty like apparent, certainly from 2019 to 2021. Charles Leclerc, it was like undoubtedly he was number one at Ferrari. But now, I think it, I think it's Carlos. I think signs has yeah. shown that he, you know, he doesn't have the theatrics and maybe like the highs of a Charles Leclerc pole lap or whatever. But his consistency is just insane. Even with the car and the strategy that he's giving from Ferrari, mm. Carlos, I, I just every week I just admire the guy more and more. I was gonna say, yeah, I I actually agree with that because like Carlos is the one who's getting them consistent points and consistent. He's been finishes. carrying the season. He has for been sure. carrying the team. Like Charles is great when he's great, but when he's bad, he's real freaking bad. Like he doesn't have a middle ground. He doesn't have the like we're just going to be good for a points finish today. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to go balls to the wall and then it doesn't work. And you know, I love both my Ferrari boys, but yeah, Carlos is freaking killing it. All right, Nolan. Anyway. Yeah. That's my, that's my Del Taco, uh, white packet <laughs> take there. Nolan, you are all about chain restaurants and you know what? <laughs> I'm all about chain restaurants. Yeah. I am going to Cheddar's tonight. Oh, yeah, every okay. Monday after Kyle Busch wins a NASCAR race, you get free chicken tenders at Cheddar's. <laughs> We're going to Cheddar's. And then I'm going to Lamar 
And I will be going to the KFC on oh, the track. There's to. a KFC what? that overlooks the track. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. Yep, there's a KFC. You can go on like the oh, second. I think there's a second floor that overlooks the track. Amazing. And you can watch the race from the KFC. I am going over there and I'm going to go. Let's go, my American boys in the Garage 56 car. Are you going to um hang out with them at all? I am, okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. I have Tell them pitched, I said hi. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I will. <laughs> I have uh, pitched the idea of, can Jimmy Johnson teach me how to ride a bike? So what? we'll see. Wait. I don't know how to ride a bike. Nolan, you know this. No, that's not even the weirdest thing you've ever told me. Uh, <laughs> I've. It's not so, even close, Nolan. It no, is not even but, in the ballpark. Uh, how could I forget? I okay. Anyway, I hope he can. I hope he can too. I think it would be great because he mentioned he was going to go on a bike ride during the race, and then his team was like, "Do you want to go on a bike ride with him?" And I was like, "I can't ride a bike, <laughs> but he could teach me." Amazing. Okay. Well, so that's the idea. Wow. If he can, he'll certainly become our boyfriend of the week. <laughs> that's right. It's our recurring segment where we acknowledge who's the best. Of the week. You know how it goes. Middle school rules this week only. I have an amendment to last week's boyfriend of the week. So Elizabeth said our dear friend in the kilometer shirt Uh, was unnamed. And in fact, I checked Instagram. Checked Instagram as soon as we got done recording. And I had a DM from kilometer shirt. Kilometer shirt's name is Sam. We love you, Sam. Sam, Thank you for coming and showing us your great shirt. We appreciate you. That's my amendment. We appreciate you, Sam. Uh, you know what? For my boyfriend of the week this week. Don't say Lando. I'm going with say the Nolan, Nolan J. Sykes classic. <laughs> no. You know him. No. You love him. No. It's, it's Lando Norris over at McLaren. <laughs> I knew it would be Lando Norris. Uh, you know, out of pity, though, uh, we're, we're, we're dating him out of pity this week. Um, the note in class yeah. and it was like will you be my boyfriend yes I'm, no and, I'm, and I'm, Nolan was I'm just marking like, yes guess. for this week only but because I feel bad for you <laughs> oh man what a Awful. it was a mistake man what a you know I just I, f- I just feel bad for him I just feel bad for Lando <laughs> that so, is so sad uh, it was I'm sorry Lando we gotta bounce back buddy we'll do it we'll do it together you can hold my hand in the hall <laughs> Elizabeth, who's your boyfriend of the week? So I was going to go with Mercedes, but I thought, like, it's just boring to pick that. So I'm specifically selecting one gentleman who works at Mercedes. His name is Jerome D'Ambrosio. Uh, he, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what his job is anymore. But I like, don't know what he does. <laughs> they showed him on the broadcast a couple times, and uh, I think he's pretty cute. Um, he was, no, he was the reason I got into Formula E back in the day when he still was a driver. And I'm really sad that he's not in Formula E anymore, but he moved to Mercedes in Formula One to like be a handsome fellow who stands behind Toto Wolf. So like I'd love that. I would love there's that. There's Jerome and then there's Mick Schumacher. So like you've just got like the two handsome boys back there like helping out. And I'm picking him as my boyfriend of the week because I've decided that it is explicitly him who has caused this uptick in performance in Mercedes. Sure. <laughs> That's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> My runner-up for Boyfriend of the Week Ooh, runner up. is Max Verstappen for doing his track limits thing when he's 20 seconds ahead. I think that's so funny. What but a real bad boy move. 
What a bad boy move. That is a bad boy boyfriend. Um, nothing could beat the image I saw on the internet this week, which was Christoph Porzingis and Yuki Sonoda. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Oh now, I don't know anything about basketball, but my husband likes to watch the Mavericks. And so, like, sometimes I learn about basketball players. Christoph Porzingis is very, very, very tall. 7'3", right? 7'3". And he took a picture with Yuki Sonoda. And ESPN captioned it as Kristoff's is 7'3 and Yuki is 5'3. And every single comment was, there is no way that that is two feet difference. Because if you look <laughs> at this image, you could put two Yukis yeah. on top of each other yeah. in a trench coat and they would not be as tall as Kristoff's Porzingis. Yeah. It's an incredible photo. You can just Google one. it and look at it. And I think it really shows the breadth of human existence. <laughs> okay. It's incredible. And it led me on this journey to learn about the tallest person in recorded history. And it was a person named Robert Waldlow, mm -hmm. who was 8'11 at the time of his death. And he died because he got an infection. And I just really appreciated that rabbit hole that they sent me down to where I learned about Robert. Go look at the photo of Yuki and Christoph Porzingis. Enjoy amazing. learning the superlatives of human nature. I'm I'm picking Yuki as my honorary secondary boyfriend of the week because we're doing a second round. No, I am doing a second round because I've just I realized he's five three. He's my height, and I love when there are drivers my height, so I can like see how I'd fit into things. <laughs> that used to be Will Stevens, but Will Stevens, I don't even know what he's doing anymore. Endurance racing. So now it's got to be Yuki. He's my little boy. It's Yuki. Yeah. Thank oh, you for showing me it. how 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 tall I would be around other people. Uh. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We'll be back next week to talk about some of our favorite silly, goofy gimmicks that F1 has been pushing over the years. Oh, yes. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell all of your friends to tune in to the Donut Racing Show. And if you want to leave us a five-star and kindly worded review, it really helps us out. We also have an email address now. It's donutracingshow at donutmedia.com. Feel free to reach out to us. Here's an email we got recently, which was really fun. It says, hello, hello, big fan of the show. Been listening since the start. Love the wacky conspiracies and hot takes. And I'm going to amend this and say even the mild takes <laughs> from Nolan. <laughs> However, a recent opinion by Nolan had me raging. He said Shrek 2 is the best of the franchise. That is a nice opinion, mm -hmm. but very wrong. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Nolan. Shrek 1 is the best forever. Keep up the good work, Lev. Look, Lev, I, I understand <laughs> you might feel some kind of loyalty to the, the beginning of the franchise. You know, I get it. It was the first one, started it off, would not have the series without it. Shrek 2 is just way funnier uh, <laughs> and just expands the universe. And uh, it, it's, I, I just don't see, I, I don't agree with you at all. Um, <laughs> luckily, though, you know, maybe you and I could uh, meet someday happen by by ha pure happenstance while we're both looking for 4Ks of our respective Shrek choices oh, uh, no. and we can discuss <laughs> it further then but I'm still Shrek 2 for life uh <laughs> <laughs> Also, this is why I don't discuss my TV opinions because Nolan has heard them and it sent him. They into would a give spiral. you all an aneurysm for real. So before we even <laughs> dip into that, you don't want to hear wanna, it. You, you, don't you do hear not want to hear them. Uh, yeah. So anyway, if you're not familiar with Donut Media, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history show called Past Gas. It's a podcast. Go check it out. Check both those things out. 
Follow DRS on Twitter at Donut Racing Show and email us at DonutRacingShow at DonutMedia.com. You can follow Alanis, uh, maybe get some of her TV opinions uh, no, I on don't Twitter those. and Instagram at Alanis and King. Follow Liz at Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. You can follow me at Nolan J. Sykes on both. We'll see you next time. Bye.